0: I'm Tim Gunn, author, educator, and Project Runway mentor, and you're listening to Heritage Radio.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Magnifico Radio, the weekly podcast featuring conversations in ethical fashion, clean beauty, and sustainable living. This is episode 34, and I'm your host, Kate Black. Each week, I sit down with designers, makers, and leaders at the forefront of sustainability to discuss their journey and motivation. This podcast is an extension of my blog, magnifico.com, and that's Magnifeco.com, and my book, also called Magnifico, Your Head-to-Toe Guide to Ethical Fashion and Non-Toxic Beauty. Today's guest is passionate about green beauty. She consults with brands and does red carpet makeup for celebrities ranging from Felicity Jones, Amber Heard, Mindy Kaling. She's quoted several times in my book because she has great advice. And it's my pleasure to welcome Katie Denno. Hi, thanks for having me. Here. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. So let's talk about being a celebrity makeup artist. When and how did you start?
3: Uh, 11 years ago, I was working as a social worker in the Bronx in a hospital and had no idea about this career and was uh, at a dinner party and there was a woman sitting next to me who noticed that I was doodling and we struck a conversation and she was telling me about her career as a makeup artist. And I thought, like, oh, I thought that maybe you were telling, you know, when she first said she was a makeup artist, I thought maybe she worked in one of the be- the uh, makeup stores and she said, no, there's a lot more to it than that. I travel the world. I do uh, magazine ads and celebrity and models for this and that. And she started describing this fantastic life that I would never, never thought existed, where she would take these amazing trips and they would end up being helicoptered to the top of an iceberg and you know, all sorts of great things. And I think my mouth being wide open during this conversation sparked her to say, hey, well, would you want to call in sick to work one day and come and assist me?
2: A total stranger invited you to come Mm -hmm. and like shadow her in this new dream job. Yeah. Okay. I I thought, you know, how
3: can I say no to this? But how can I also say no to a day at my job? I was a social worker in um, at the time in a women's health clinic in the Bronx, and every day I felt was you know like crisis. A session for eight hours, you know, extraordinaire. I couldn't not be there. Um, but one day I decided, yeah, you know what, I'm going to take you up on this offer. And, um, and so I did assist her and it was awesome. And within probably a month, I decided that this is going to be my new career. And I did what I would have told all my old clients as a social worker to do and really do all your research. And I made a spreadsheet. This was Eleven years ago, I was barely had a laptop, so I think I went to this, the magazine stores down um, in uh, Lower East Side in New York City and sat for hours looking through the magazines. I didn't have any money to buy magazines, and I would write down which photographers I want to assist or would want to work for, and which makeup artists I would want to assist, just based on these stories in the magazine, you know, picture stories. I didn't even know that they, they called these things stories. I was like, yeah, those are pictures. Call them editorials, and um, and so. I um, I made a card for myself, and I made a list of all the different agencies in the city, and I walked to each one and knocked on the doors. And some of them welcomed me in, and I had no book, and I just said, "I'm I'm not a child. I was thirty. I won't screw around on set. I'll be you know diligent about whatever you need from me." And um, and it was like a hole in the universe, and I, I stepped in.
2: Oh my goodness! And so you didn't go to school. You didn't go back to school. You just mm-hmm. kind of started and you learned mm-hmm. on your feet, mm-hmm. assisting. Mm-hmm. For other people, yeah. And then, when did you start to go out on your own? Uh, I
3: my path was so different than what I think is happening these days, and even f- over the past decade. I was lucky enough to assist, you know, the top five people that I wanted to assist, and really figure out where there what they were doing was, you know, overlapping with what I wanted to do, and um, and then within about. Six months, there was um, again another hole in the industry. My then agent came over to the agency where I've been represented for eleven years and started a new division for new talent. And I was their first makeup artist that she signed. It was really so unexpected and wild. And still, I can't believe it when people ask me, how do I get in the industry? I'm like, not the way that I did. I don't, I don't know that that exists anymore. It's, it's so, I hate the term saturated, but there are a lot of makeup artists out there now.
2: There is. And so, as you were, so obviously, because you did so many different things, you did print and television mm-hmm. and everything else. When did you start to have this affinity for this other thing called green beauty? Good question.
3: Um, well, I grew up in a in a kind of like, you know, make-it-yourself, non-toxic household. So my mom was, you know, killing the ants or deterring the ants from our kitchen with cinnamon and cleaning with ammonia and, um, and apple cider vinegar. And so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so far from my realm of normalcy to look at the back of, of um, the products that I was using and say, what the heck is this ingredient? And, um, and so it was pretty early on that my... Uh, you know, my inquis- inquisitive nature kind of took over, and I started asking everybody, you know, what do you, do you know what these ingredients are? Because I've looked them up, and I, have, I still don't understand what they are. And most makeup artists thought, what are you talking, who cares? Like, <laughs> it works. It works under hot lights. It works for red carpet. It sticks around. You know, the color is bold. All that stuff that previously I had seen. You know, I have an aunt who is, was my inspiration. She works in health food stores and has her whole life. And I remember going to the health food stores with her and looking at the makeup, in the 80s and 90s and it was you know crumbly brown you know rouge and really terrible lipsticks that didn't stick around didn't have a color that most people wanted to wear anyway and um and so i think that was the that was what we were fighting against um getting into the world of green beauty when you know there needed to be a lot of innovation and when i first started looking around it was probably about eight year, eight or nine years ago, and I and I thought, oh, you know, it's starting. There's something. We have something here, and um, and I'll never forget going to an event at um, Tata Harper, who now has an, a skincare line in her name, and uh, and it was an event that she was hosting um, with the Environmental Working Group, which now is a pretty you know pretty well known organization. I think not just in the world of the uh, green beauty focused f- folks. But across the board for parents to find out what's in products they're putting on the kids, that kind of stuff. But anyway, Tata was starting or was helping them to, you know, get the word out that they were beginning. And I was at this event sitting next to Rosemary Swift and a bunch of others who have now become the leaders in the industry. And we were thinking, you know, this is really we're at the precipice of something. I think most of us are thinking that anyway
2: that's amazing and for those of you who've never heard of the environmental working group you should definitely check them out it's it's ewg.org and they started something called the campaign for safe cosmetics probably around that time Mm -hmm. and so they've done several studies um, and some of them are listed in my book the um, umbilical cord study is very shocking every time we talk about it because they partnered with Red Cross and they did this blood sample um, test of babies in their first hours of life to see if they had any kind of chemical pass through from in utero mm-hmm. and of course they weren't surprised they do mm-hmm. um but they also did this stat where they think that on average women use about 12 um pieces of or 12 personal care mm-hmm. items and that that exposes them to 168 different chemicals most of which have never been tested for safety yep so we have people like Tata Harper who are really kind of trying to change that dialogue and make products that are trying to strip away mm-hmm. anything that's not needed. So what do you look for now when you're when you're like looking at products? What's what's kind of let's say three things that you're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. OK,
3: good question. Um- Number one for me is anything with parfum fragrance, anything that's not a natural or a non-toxic fragrance, anything that's synthetic, I'm going to try to steer everyone away from. And reason being, I've read a number of studies that talk about that something called phthalates, which is a word that starts with P-H, so you'd never think it would pronounce phthalate. um, But phthalates are endocrine system disruptors, which I know this even just from when I was a social worker working in the hospitals. And having to share information about children's um, abnormally developed um, uh, secondary sexual characteristics with their parents, and and the studies are showing that a lot of that is based in phthalate exposure. So. Disrupting your endocrine system can can show show itself in later in life in many different ways, but one of the main ways is in our offspring. And so our bodies are holding on to these phthalates and creating um, you know genital genital abnormalities. And it's like, oh my god, this is actually really upsetting.
2: And infertility, and infertility is some of the d- studies that I've yeah, read absolutely. too. So you're you're not harming yourself per se, right. but you're harming any kind of future offspring that you're gonna absolutely. have. And so um, and not maybe not harming, but you're definitely making Making an imprint, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So, um, okay. So, no phthalates. So, no fragrance because fragrance is kind of a code word that can hide a whole bunch of things like phthalates. Okay, what else? Absolutely.
3: You know, I go back and forth. This is one thing that I want to shine a spotlight on. Um, and the jury is still out, so it's not in my list of top absolute no-nos. But I want to talk about this if that's okay. Um, anything that is a silicone base, I think. You know, that's in the beauty industry. It's such a touchy thing and so difficult because. Silicones give that beautiful slip to foundations and that gorgeous um, kind of uh, cush to lipsticks and make everything feel and look amazing. And so, anytime you maybe have used a primer or you've gone to a makeup counter and they've used a primer on your skin before putting a little foundation on, and you see no pores where you had pores before, and your lines are filled in, and you're like, know, "I look amazing." you know silicones we find them in bodies Uh, you know they're your skin your largest organ everyone's tired of hearing people say that but it is um it's protective but it also lets a lot in and so you know if we want to lower our overall toxic load or potentially toxic load this is one thing that we should stay away from so silicones have been making their way back into some quote-unquote green beauty products and i and there's a huge uproar in the green beauty industry because of it and so where do i stand on that um you know, because I need to be able to do my job in a way that my clients are going to know that their makeup's not going to slide off or crumble off and it's going to last all night. I had a client last night who was going to the Tonys and to after parties. She needed that makeup to last for 12 hours. Um, I used a silicone-based primer, which is, like, uh, you know, unheard of in a lot of the green beauty talk. Um But the good news is that there are a lot of alternatives to silicone that are in the hopper right now that are being worked with in labs and chemists are really focusing on this. And so I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot of change in that realm so that that what's been missing in the green beauty scene is a lot of that. And I think that that it's it's on the
2: horizon. Well, and I think that you kind of touch on a little point too, which is that all these changes, because this show, this is the 34th episode, and all these shows are like, thanks, are trying to kind of activate some some comfortability like Mm -hmm. so that the listeners understand that you know there's no one answer there's a a myriad of answers and there's no one solution and you know you can pick and choose your own and I think when it comes to personal care products that people can do like as sustainable as possible Mm -hmm. and and work with what works for them exactly because I've been I've been vacillating back and forth with conventional and green beauty mascara Mm -hmm. and I'm just I'm just back to conventional because I'm like I've been trying so many different brands and they, yep. you know, and for some reason, eyelashes are so personal. Like, what works so for some true. Per- and doesn't work for somebody else yeah. and so now I'm back to that's one of the conventional products in my in my um, makeup bag and I feel a little guilt about it but not really because when I don't wear it I look yep like I got the <laughs> raccoon eyes and it's just and it affects my life so yeah. I think that I think that there's an interesting conversation to maybe be aware of what's out there to be aware okay I don't mm-hmm. need to wear a silicone-based primer every day absolutely but when I'm having my wedding or I'm going right, to, did right. your, did your, um, celebrity win a Tony? No,
3: she did not, but she was there as a date of someone who did.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. that's
3: lovely. Yes. yes. Thanks for asking.
2: Um, so she is impressed somewhere.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, that's
2: awesome. Yes. Um, okay, so let's talk about because you started to talk about the technology and how far we've advanced. So um, I was looking at your Twitter feed and you posted this article that Forbes had just written mm-hmm. about Tata, but about detox market mm-hmm. and a lot of our friends in this space. And they said that the beauty market is expected to reach thirteen point two billion dollars yeah. by the end of next year. Mm-hmm. So on a scale of one to ten, in terms of efficacy, where do you think we are? Mm-hmm. Meaning, one is like we still have a long way to go, and ten being, we're there. Green and clean can match conventional performance, hands down. Great question. Okay, so I'll break it into
3: two categories. So skincare, I think we are, um, wait, no, I've forgotten which way the category. Which, 10 is, ten we're, is there. we're there. I think skincare, we're at, you know, 9. I, actually, I think we're at 10 because I, I don't think there's any reason for anybody to use a mainstream, not in the green beauty world, um, line of skincare at this point. There are such amazing, effective um, you know everything from peptides to to vitamin C, D, you know B's. Every everything that the, the non toxic or that the toxic world. I, I it's like the semantics of this is yeah. always what drives me nuts. Um, there is no reason why anyone should have to use should want to use anything but because naturals can perform much better. Your body if they're bioidentical. Your body understands how to use them in a way that the synthetics they don't. So you may you may experience. Um, superficially uh, an an immediacy kind of effect from some of the mainstream lines um, that are outside of the green beauty world but they're not actually servicing you on a deeper level. So we know skin has so many different layers, and um, and and we're not nourishing all of them. When you use, it was always interesting to me to look at um, skincare moisturizers in particular, and you and you think, okay, what's in a moisturizer? It's generally some sort of oil that's going to penetrate the top layers and and hydrate your skin, and a wax to seal in that oil. But unfortunately, a lot of times the the mixture um, is such that the oil doesn't go anywhere. It just sits on top of your skin mixed with that wax. So boy, oh boy, do you look beautiful and glowy and dewy, but why do I have so many lines when my friend who's just been using oils, you know, for the past 10 years doesn't have because she's been feeding her skin on a deeper level. And, um, so I don't think that there's any reason for us to, to use anything by the green lines of skincare. Um, and when it comes to makeup, I don't know, I'd say we are at maybe a six because, you know, I think, man, so many of these brands have done such amazing jobs innovating and the chemists that are out there are hardworking and creative and clever. And, um, and I'm excited to see what's next. And, you know, whenever I've spoken to any chemists about, you know, my same with you, my search for uh, the perfect mascara, which I have not found yet, um, in the green beauty world, I'm told, you know, I've been told we are working on it. And the, my question usually is, when are we going to get a waterproof? Um, When are we going to be able to have super dark, like the very blacks that you see when you purchase, you know, from L'Oreal or Maybelline, very black, Um, you know, a carbon black. We're not using that in the green beauty world yet. So um, my question is when um, people didn't used to, you know, I think before there was a mainstream waterproof, people thought that's not possible. Indelible lipstick. Are you kidding me? That's not ever going to be a possibility. And we know it is. So I think it's a matter of time and a matter of, you know, I think that I went to the chemist, uh, chemist conference recently in New York City just to see who's out there, what's, what's being worked on. And it was really amazing to experience all these young people coming up. You know, there were like a lot of young women who are now chemists who had pink hair and, who, you know, who were all tatted up. And I thought, like, this is a new wave, like people who are going to push
2: Finally, I yeah. mean, my favorite thing about STEM is all the push for green chemistry. Totally. Like, I wish all the women in the world could just too. get into green Me chemistry too. textile, fiber, totally. manufacturing, green beauty. Okay, we need Absolutely. to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Katie Denno.
1: to you by Chef's Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chef's Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chef's Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters Hi, I'm Jacqueline Raposo. And I'm Ben Rosenblatt. And we are Love Bites on Heritage Radio Network. Our show is all about why and how we love. Tune in every Monday at 4 as we talk about endings, new beginnings in relationships, about couples who work together and love together.
2: And what life teaches us about love.
1: So support our show and all of Heritage Radio Network's programming. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on that beating heart to become a member today, and we will love you forever for it. See ya.
2: We're back. You're listening to Magnifico Radio, and today we're talking about green beauty with Katie Denno. So Katie, you mentioned earlier um, the confusion about the nomenclature. How do you feel about all the words that we use to talk about this, and which ones are your favorite? So let's start Let's start with which ones do you use? I go back and forth a lot
3: saying non-toxic and green beauty, and um, I don't say natural. It's one that I know is very common, but it as we know, and I was listening to um, one of another podcast that you have done with uh, the daughter and wife of um, Horst, yeah, creator of Veda and Intelligent Nutrients, and they were they use the term natural a lot, and I. And then they talked about how there is absolutely no regulation of the word natural. It's like, it's just a joke. There's so many things that are marked on the sides of, pro- of products and packages that say, that make the, the um, consumer think that, of course, this is non-toxic. And that's one of the things that I, I think I feel the most questions about um, on social media when people will write to me and say, hey, how come you never talk about X, Y, and Z brand? because they're, they're absolutely not in that in the green beauty world. So yeah, if you see it, something that says organic, mm, unless it has with the the symbol or even like leaping bunny, unless you you know to mean that it's not tested on animals, unless you see the the symbols marked on the sides of the package, writing you know the, anyone can put together the letters that make up the word organic and put it on a package, and there is absolutely no regulation whatsoever.
2: And do you have a favorite um, um, seal? Um, You know, there's one that's a a brand called True
3: Botanicals has just kind of made famous called um, Made Safe. I always get that oh, wrong. So no, that made, is made safe.
2: I, I sit on the made board safe. of made safe. You do. Yeah. Oh, how did I not know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. So Amy Ziff started this yes. organization yes. where she's testing, and she's the only one across America that's testing product after um, just pre-consumer. Yep. So it's ready to sit on the shelf, and then she sends it off to an independent lab, and she makes sure that yeah. it's made safe. So that because a lot of things and a lot of consumers don't realize that um, sometimes people like you or people in green beauty pull back from certain brands because maybe it's not something that's written on the box or on the label, but maybe there's an off gas or there's some sort of kind of Right. Um, um, collaboration of, of chemicals that right. is making this something that we know to be not so healthy. So that's what Amy I and made you said
3: that I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think well, you all are doing some really revolutionary things. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank it's you. amazing. Um, okay, so let's also talk about. Um, I think it's really interesting, actually, that you talked about. People ask you, "How can we never talk about brands?" Do you ever? Mm-hmm. Do you have any brands that you would out where people are like, "I love this brand," and you're like, "No." Oh, don't use it. Um, well, let's see.
3: <clears throat> the Body Shop, which oh, is really? super unfortunate to me because the Body Shop was, began with such amazing, not just intentions, but such an amazing purpose behind it. And, and, um, and, and what has happened over, you know, over the years with a number of brands, you know once they are sold and the founder is no longer a part of them, and perhaps clauses were not, you know, created to keep them on the straight and narrow. As far as green, are non-toxic, and and other practices seep in. That's the case. And so, what's cool about the body shop now is that they're, I think that they're seeing this rise in, in green, clean, and they're hopping on bandwagon bandwagon, and, and they are doing, um, they're putting forth a huge campaign about and no, um, animal have been harmed in the making of these products, which was which know, is always how they were. They were how always how they were. an ethical, totally. cruelty-free brand. Exactly. But
2: they came out with um, an organic line. They so did. I included them in my book because they had this organic line. And I didn't realize, even for the North American products, that they were all produced in Europe. Yeah. So I personally have a little bit of a skew. I, I prefer things that are produced in yes, Europe yes, yes, um, yes. just because they have tighter stringency. And then I also prefer things that can get into California. Yeah. Because Body Shop had another line that I was going to... Include in the book, and then she was like, "Oh, but we don't sell that mm-hmm. in California." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh, okay." Yeah, like California has some great yes. rules that are also trying to help consumers. Absolutely, I think what's exciting to me, like if you look at you know Whole Foods, their their
3: lists are very stringent, and they're only getting more strict. Um, and I, there are not others, you know, there are not other, no other stores at this time that are em- employing those. Uh, standards, but Target is changing things. I know. It, like, we really are CVS. It's pretty wild. Um, I think since Walmart is one of the largest chains and you know has eaten up all the mom and pop stores across the country and a lot of the smaller drug stores as well like please Walmart get on get on with that same thing you know adopt that and bring safer products to all of your consumers people across the middle of America that don't have access to all of our boutique green beauty shops yes and targets that don't carry these yes. products in the middle of the country
2: and to be honest, and now y'all know that I'm a little biased because I sit on the board, but I wish that like a major me department too. store like Target or Walmart would be like, we only bring in Made Safe me qualified too. products. Yep. Like how revolutionary they would be. It be. Um, okay, so let's talk, let's help people out. So um, you can give me one or two or three faves uh, skincare. Sure. Who do you love lately? Um, there's a brand called
3: uh, Marie, or there's a woman named Marie Veronique who created a line, Marie Vernick Organics, and I think she's just a genius. She's been on the show. She, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> yeah. So link back to that and uh, and listen to her. Yeah, she's just amazing. The skincare that she's created it is you know hands down one of the best. Um, and and she explains. I had posted a tweet years ago saying, "I have to be on camera and my skin is a mess. What do I do?" And she was the first person to respond. And and from then we just developed a relationship. And her her products are amazing. Um, there's another line that's a little bit less on the radar, named um, Jeanette All Natural Skincare, and she is a facialist who lives in California. And she really transformed my skin. I was I was a I looked like a teenage boy with too much testosterone for years. My skin was horrible. No one believes it, but I have pictures. And um, and I went to see Jeanette, um, and she said, I think I can. I went to see Jeanette to get my underarms waxed, and she said. Um, I think I could fix your skin and I thought uh, another person telling me that they know best like nothing will fix my skin I've tried everything and after a few months of seeing her and using only her products my skin changed and I couldn't believe it and so I always have to plug that I mean nothing like it actually working somebody telling you that and actually coming to fruition and um, and then there's another line called as I mentioned True Botanicals, and I just love what they're doing. I think that they're making it easy for people. Um, they have a great website that breaks it down in a way that no others do, where you are walked through. You list all of your skincare concerns, and um, and then you're given you know the algorithm gives you exactly what you need to be using.
2: Um, oh. And that it's and true. do they have um, travel sizes or test sizes? They do. Because that's the thing about skincare, right? Because it's so because it's so food personal. for your skin. Totally. It's also personal, but it's also expensive. It's very expensive. So if you're going to make this leap, then you yeah. need to kind of be able to do it at an affordable so rate. So true. They have a basics line,
3: um, True Botanicals. that's a lot less expensive than a lot of the others. But yeah, this is a big concern for me. Is I've been you know touting all of these green beauty brands for years, and and didn't really look at prices for years. And at some point, I was asked it when I was speaking to a group of young women, we can't, you know, how, how are we supposed to afford this? We can't afford any of these things. You know, so for years I worked with Burt's Bees and we developed inexpensive lipsticks for all and, you know, there are a lot of brands now that are making, you know, like a little bit more um, accessible price points. Um, but for the most part they're they're still kind of crazy yeah they are Mm -hmm. Um, okay so favorite makeup brands Mm -hmm. Um, I really have a tried and true brand um, that I hold near and dear is Vapor excuse me Vapor Organic Beauty Made by two women on a wind-powered and solar-powered plant in Taos, New Mexico. I mean, they're awesome, and the skincare—I mean, sorry—and the foundation is wonderful. It's one of my very favorite. They make two different kinds: uh, a liquid um, that is makes skin glow and look awesome, and is a full color range, which has been a real problem for me throughout the years working with a lot of the green beauty brands that hadn't developed full color ranges in skin tone. And it felt very exclusionary for me, and I couldn't get behind a lot of the brands as a result. Um, but now, <clears throat> you know, they, people are making more money, and they're able to expand their color range. So I can't fault, of course, can't fault them for starting small. But um, Vapor's always had a really good color range, and um, and their textures are great and really help normalize, you know, production of sebum if you're oily, help hydrate if you're not. Really cool. Um, another line that I love across the board, Ilia Beauty, I think... The owner, Sasha Plotzbeck, has done such a great job really finding, um, really meeting customers' needs. Women want a bold lip. They want, you know, just the perfect products for all parts of the face. Um, And speaking of that, there's a a line called Eco Brow that has kind of become uh, the quintessential eyebrow. You know, they give you the Clara Delavine eyebrow using this, you know, intensely pigmented pomade, um, pots of pomade wax. And they're really good. I use those on almost all my clients.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. Um, and what else? What about hair? Mm. Um,
3: there's a, a line that perhaps I'm going to say wrong. Rawa, Rahua. Yeah, Rahua. R-A-H-U-A. To... They have been one of my favorites for a long time. And it's all, I mean, from the scent to what they do to my hair, they now have a color treatment line. Um, and just across the board, great shampoo, conditioner, um, styling products. So hair products, you know, when I said makeup is still at a six, I think hair products... Styling products are still kind of at a four because they're not. Um, we haven't figured out how to replicate aerosol, and a lot of the um, the styling products that we have in the non-green world are um, light as air, so they they you know can create smooth textures and shine without weighing the hair down. But we don't quite have that. In the green beauty world yet, um, so when you see me walking on the street and I look like an oil slick, it's because I put a lot of oil in my
2: hair. And um, <laughs> well, and heard. it all comes back. Actually, we're coming right back to silicone because yeah. that's the other thing. It's exactly. that without silicone in those uh, green beauty hair things, when you wash your hair, yeah. you don't have that slippery feeling in your hands, and you're like, oh my god, my hair yep. feels like straw, yep. which is what wet natural <laughs> hair feels like. Exactly. Um, so then it just kind of it all circles back. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're almost out of time, but I have all these questions. So. I'm in my third season, so I keep asking people these three kind of wrap-up questions. Um, So if your life had a motto, what would it be? Mm.
3: Um, Of course, now I'm not going to be able to remember how this goes. Uh, Oh, my goodness. I can't believe my brain is leaving me right now. (laughs)
2: Live radio will do that, too. I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Okay. Who or what inspires you?
3: Mm, The women that I see on the subway... Uh, the, you know, like I think it's just every everyday woman, the average woman, whoever she is, um, women who are you know fighting to put food on the table for their children, women who are putting them, themselves themselves through school in the evenings to make a better life to for themselves, but also to make a better life for this world and for others. Um, you know, the people who give you a smile for no reason when you're out and you think, are they? You know, are they? Is that just a product of them thinking something in the back of their mind? Or are they actually connecting? And for me, that's what I think is the most inspiring, is just connections with others. And Amazing. Okay. And what's on your bucket list? What are you working towards? Hmm. Well, I think that there are still some holes in the green beauty market. And so I'm both thinking about it for myself, but also partnering with other brands to try to develop, you know, get, that, get us not just from a, a six um, or not just... Yeah, at a six, but get us to a 10 and figure out how to fill all those holes so that no one has to say, yeah, well, you know, the mascaras are okay, but I really favor Covergirl cover girl or whatever. I think that they're still, that's what, if I'm going to, if I'm going to continue for another five or 10 years in this industry, I have to figure out how to make that happen. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Did the model come back to you? Okay. You're going to have to help me with this. You've, everybody's heard this, but I, for some reason I can't remember the exact wording, but, um, Everything's okay. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. <laughs> there it is. That was what it was. That's my favorite. <laughs>
2: and that's a good good way to end. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. And how and where can listeners follow you and and your projects? Thank you. Um, well, I've reluctantly joined social media
3: a number of years ago, and so I'm not that great at posting, but I will try to be better. Um, and it's just my name, Katie Denno, K-A-T-E-Y-D-E-N-N-O. So that's my Instagram name, my Twitter name. Um, and then I have a blog called The Beauty of It Is, which looks like... Like (laughs) thebeautyofitis.com so you can access it both through that or
2: com will take you there too and I can't recommend the blog enough Mm, she does demos she tells you how to get a glowy look a smoky eye, anything that you want to do and that's always through Green Beauty yes thank you so much Katie Denno I'm so glad that we could finally connect I'm glad you're in town from LA people who want to hire her she does fly around (laughs) Um, thank you all for tuning in to Heritage Radio Network you can also find and subscribe to Magnifico Radio on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find great podcasts and if you like what you hear kindly give us a review I'd love to hear your thoughts and also a rating it helps us rank higher amongst conventional fashion podcasts to push these conversations forward and have a question want to be a sponsor or recommend a guest you can email me at radio at magnifico, and don't forget that's eco, M A G N I F E C O.com. And want to learn more about clean beauty? Head on over to magnifico.com. Thanks for listening, and until next week.